Welcome everyone to Business Growth on Purpose. My name is Jose Palomino. I'm CEO of Value Prop Interactive. And it is my great pleasure every week to be interviewing experts from around the world, owners of other B2B businesses, and sometimes just sharing some of my personal insights from decades of helping businesses grow on purpose. Thanks for joining us and enjoy the episode. Hi, everybody. Jose Palomino, CEO of Value Prop, and your host on Business Growth on Purpose. And today's guest is Marin Davis. And Marin is a brand and marketing specialist. And we're going to really focus on the power of branding, what branding really means, especially in the context of a smaller uh, owner-led business and even in the B2B industrial category. How is it relevant? How does it really work? Is it just a fancy logo or is it more than that? So listen closely as Marin Davis joins us right now. Welcome, Marin, to Business Growth on Purpose. Thanks for having me, Jose. Yeah, no, this is a, this is going to be really interesting. And I'd like to just uh, provide context for our audience. Uh, if you could just tell us a little bit about what you do and who you do it for. Absolutely. So my name is Marin Davis. I'm the founder of Local Collaborative. We are a branding and marketing agency, and we work primarily with solopreneurs as well as mid-sized businesses. Okay. So marketing, branding, those are two of my favorite themes to explore here. And as most people who listen to our show over time know, uh, our primary focus, not exclusively, but primarily is B2B, right? B2B and especially the owner operator of an industrial company. That could be a company that does painting to manufacturing to professional mm-hmm. services, that kind of company. And those are the kind of companies that generally, when you say the word branding, they say, well, we have a name and that's the brand, mm-hmm. you know, or a logo was designed by some nephew 30 years ago and that's the, that's the logo. So what I want to explore with you a little bit here this morning is the value of branding, even in kind of industrial blocking and tackling type companies, right? So maybe just just let's start with that thought. Why does it matter? I mean, that's a big meta uh, start, (laughs) right? We could could stay on that for a long time. But why does it even matter? I mean, after all, people know my, you know, my company name is Wilson and Sons and we're known and why do I have to put any effort into branding? Absolutely. So I think that it all starts back to the brand, even when people come to me with content questions or social media questions. And the solid foundation that a good brand has is just as important as a brand who wants to, you hear it all the time, rebrand every three to four years. It creates that image and that evokes that feeling with their ideal customer. So we all know what the Apple logo looks like, whether the word is there or not. We know what they stand for and what their values are. Same thing with Nike, same thing with Walmart. And I think that that solidifies, we know the colors, we know that feeling, and that's the epitome of a strong brand. A lot of these companies who get it right have started their brand foundations and the brand archetypes, which is something that our company starts with as well. There's 12 different brand archetypes and that falls down into their values and that bleeds into the psychology of everything from the colors that you use, the fonts that you use, the language that you do or don't use in your content. And that strong brand will outlive you. A lot of people talk about that generational wealth or having something to pass down and ensuring that you have a strong, solid brand, whatever 
customers come or go or how it changes 50 years from now, it will still evoke that feeling even as you adapt to the times. Right. But you mentioned some of these global brands, right? So like mm -hmm. you know, Apple, Nike, and so on, that spend billions of dollars promoting sure. the brand. So, you know, I, I could say, well, part of the reason the Apple logo is memorable is because they hammered it into my head for most mm -hmm. of my <laughs> lifetime, right? So how does a small company that, you know, it's a $20 million manuf contract manufacturer, uh, they're not going to have an Apple type logo or impact like that. So why should it matter to them to put you know, you're talking about 12, you know, brand archetypes to really work through. That sounds like a lot of work. Is mm -hmm. it really worth doing? Absolutely. I think that's the major benefit that we have. People want, and we, we strive to do this in our own agency as well. We offer the executive level results with that hometown experience. And that's what we all want. We all want to support the family-owned business, the veteran-owned business, the small business. And I think that by every large brand and every smaller mid-sized brand or personal brand, we all can follow the same 12 archetypes and show up differently. And where it really differs is in your client experience. So are they getting a handwritten note? Are they getting a personalized email or every year on your work anniversary? Are they getting contact from you, which is something that we really lack from having large brands. Another huge benefit that these mid-sized businesses can use to stand out in their brand with that client experience is the personal connection. If someone is on Instagram and we DM a big influencer or one of these large companies, you usually get the generic automated response and you're not speaking to an actual person, which is always infuriating, right? So the impact that we can have by managing someone's social media, by speaking as the brand and getting very, very clear on our values, on our voice, on our tone, and compiling that in a brand book for every single employee to know across the board creates this cohesive experience where I know no matter which of my employees is speaking to any of our clients, they understand what we're about, what we're going to say, they're going to respond accordingly, and they know the experience that we're striving to give to our customers. So I think it's extremely important that everybody understand that and create consistency and cohesiveness in their brand, because that's what creates longevity. And that's what makes potential customers turn into paying customers that will be with you for a lifetime. So let's, let's, Dig in on that a little bit. So you let's go back to Apple for a second, right? So I would argue okay. part of what makes Apple's uh, branding effective is that branding uh, that Apple made great products. In fact, mm. in many cases, groundbreaking products, right? Starting with the iPod, then the iPhone, then the iPad, those things, and even the Mac for that matter, were things that changed the industry. So you alluded to in, in how you work a brand into an organization, changing certain operational behaviors, like how they answer the phone, mm -hmm. how, you know, sending thank you notes that maybe it's behaviors they didn't do. So it's not just about coming up with a fancy logo. It sounds like it's really thinking through the identity of that company in the marketplace it chooses to compete in. Is that, is that a fair way? To yes, yes. And that's one of the biggest, I think, misconceptions or misunderstandings for people who aren't in this industry or aren't in this world is that the brand is just the logo and the colors. It is so much more than that. And they didn't pick blue or white or green as a brand color just out of the out of the sky, right? They chose it because of the psychology that that color evokes and makes you feel. It's why fast food restaurants use red a lot. It's why companies that want you to trust them and feel loyal and companionship 
use blue. There's a lot of psychology and reasoning behind why these brands who are successful have everything from their logo to their brochures, to the email signatures, to everything on their social media. So anytime that I see a certain symbol or color or listen to a message, I know what I'm going to get from that company. Same thing with how they're portrayed on um, so not only social media, but TV commercials and everything consistently. I know who is more of a serious brand that's going to consistently appeal to my emotions, like those pet shelter commercials that we all try to avoid. And then anyone who's going to have a little bit of humor like Wendy's or Amazon. Well, you know, it's interesting. There's, there's a book out. It's probably the, many people would say it's like the first of the real big business bestsellers. It's called In Search of Excellence by uh, Tom Peters and Robert Waterman. It came out like in 1980. And it was all about a study of companies that truly had embodied excellence and what set them apart. They were like McKinsey partners who wrote this book, huge bestseller at the time. And what was fascinating about it is everybody started committing to being excellent. That became the watchword in business. Every bank you went to, excellence. So I lived in New York. I was born and raised in New York City. And I went to the DMV to get my license renewed downtown, right near City Hall in Manhattan. And behind the lady, you know, I'm on this long line, behind that lady uh, at the teller counter with that's taking care of you, it's a big banner that said committed to excellence. Mm -hmm. But if anybody's dealt, DMVs everywhere probably have a bad rap, but in New York City is well-deserved, okay? So I get up to the counter and I realize as I engage with this lady who's incredibly nasty, just from hello, like a, a bad, mm. I said, she's not turned around and looking at the banner with her brand promise. It's a total disconnect from what they're saying and what she's doing. So how do Absolutely. you take a company mm -hmm. that has, you know, 30 employees that, you know, Mabel answers the phone and, you know, everybody kind of, yeah, what do you need? You know, that kind of thing. That's the, and all of a sudden you have a boardroom discussion. This is what we're going to stand for. The owner says, absolutely. We're all about quality and community and, and all of that. How do you actually translate that? Because you're not going to turn over 30 long timers that have been there 20 years. Good people, salt of the earth or whatever, but that don't really, haven't caught on to client experience or anything like that. How do you help people yeah. transition from big ideas to the day-to-day -day nuts and bolts of doing? Oh, absolutely. I have family. I'm originally from Kansas. I married an army man. So we've moved across the nation. And that was a huge reason why I started this business. But back home, we are a farming family. And no one's left the state. We all lived within five miles of each other. So I had some of my clients were cousins and family members mm -hmm. and close friends who are those good old boys. And they have the cattle company. So the fun times that is not only working with your family, but trying to describe why social media and websites are important to a cattle farmer uh, was pretty interesting for me. So I feel this to my core. And what ended up happening is it was my younger cousin who realized the importance and he wanted a website. He wanted an app for people to order beef from him. And so they, there was this gap of they use social media for their personal use, their personal pages, but there wasn't the understanding of how to use that with my personal reputation and how to translate that as a brand and how do I use that as a business because they're two very different things, right? So I think getting everyone on board, one, it starts with leadership. It starts with my customers, my clients, and my employees 
are all hearing and saying the same things. Am I more formal in my business than I am in my personal life? Of course, I'm a mom of a toddler and a baby. The things that I watch and say to them are things I would not say to someone on a Zoom call, right? So there are always these different edges of personality, but a huge part of our brand is the core values that I share no matter where we're at. You follow through, you do what you say you're going to do, no matter the experience, you are offering the best work that you possibly can. And everything is going to be ethical, moral, and our tagline, our motto that we always come back to is all you need is less. Because this can seem a bit overwhelming to someone who just wants to do their work and they're in their work hands-on. We have a lot of personal trainers who don't want to film their clients working out, for instance. So it's difficult to actually be in their work and they need someone outside of themselves Mm. to view them and pull out their strengths and say, you don't think this is important. This happens in my own business too. You don't see this as important, but that outside person says, this is actually something extraordinary for you and you're making it harder than it needs to be, right? All you need is less. So we simplify by creating three to five steps. We pull out those three to five points and we storytell. We storytell through their brand and we evoke that story that connects with a customer because we as humans, that's why we remember fairy tales or nursery rhymes and songs for our entire life. We relate and understand characters, stories, Mm -hmm. songs, repetition. So that's the core of brand archetypes. And we give them real people examples, big brand examples, cartoon examples. We give them examples to relate to and say, this is an example of who you are just for relatability outside of Marin, who is local collaborative and why do they speak the way that they speak? Wow. So that, that I can see the thought that goes into that. So part of that also, of course, is, you know, how do customers see that company? Like your client also, and they say, well, you know, people think we're really trustworthy. And then you talk to some of their customers and eh, maybe not so much. So how do you resolve disconnects? Like there's this aspirational, we want to be seen as this, as we are the Mm -hmm. champions of the world. Right. And our customers in the marketplace sees us this other way. Is that ever a hard conversation where you have to sit with an owner and say, like, you know, I I get where you want to be, but you're not quite there yet. I mean, I'm just curious how that's received in your experience. Absolutely. So I think that it happens quite often, especially when there is that gap of I don't know social media and I don't want to learn it. But this is what this is how I want to show up here. We apply that psychology and we apply the brand to the marketing strategy that we have for them. So we're looking at it from a completely different angle. We care about their business just as much, but we are viewing it as a client relationship. It's very personal to them because we, anyone who started a business understands the late nights, the money, everything mm. that has been poured into this company. And it's very hard for us to get outside of ourselves. So what we bring into them is a good place that everyone can look at today is going to any of your reviews, if that's on Facebook or if that's on Google. And if something that you want people to say, for instance, is that you're trustworthy, that you do have a high quality product, that you do have the best donuts in town, are your reviews consistently saying that about you? Mm. Or what are they communicating? So I've always thought that maybe I'm a good communicator, but between all of my personal life and my work life, I feel like sometimes I fall behind or sometimes I do work late at night because my family comes first during the day. But consistently in my reviews, people praise the 
strong communication. And that's not something that's prompted or asked of me. I haven't paid anyone to say anything nice, but consistently that is what shows up. So your brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room, when they're not introducing you to come onto a stage and speak. It's what they're saying in those word of mouth referrals that makes people go to your online presence and it reaffirms as they're looking at your reviews and all of your consistent contact, all of your consistent content that you've put out. So if you haven't posted since August of 22, then they might think that you're not in business anymore, or maybe you aren't consistent or you're overwhelmed to be able to show up consistently and serve people. I think that's super important for people to understand is social media is not a time suck. It doesn't have to be a time suck. It is a huge tool for your business to convert people into paying customers. And by posting content consistently, you're better serving them by giving them information, pictures, videos, the content that they need to confirm that they want that relationship for you and to move forward to your download, your free call, whatever it is that gets that point, uh, that point of contact directly to you. Right. So if you work with, let's say, a, a knowledge-based worker, i.e. a consultant or an expert, you know, your classic sure. solopreneur, um, they tend to be much more prone to be creating content. They're writing, they're doing stuff. So that's a little easier. But when you get into some of the industrial categories where, you know, the company says, look, we're a painting contractor. There's not much to say. We give us a wall, we paint it. That's the story, right? So they may feel they don't have a lot of story to share. You talked about the power of story. Mm-hmm. I believe in that. I think we we remember stories much more than facts, right? It's the story, how we felt, all of that. So mm-hmm. the question is, does everybody have enough story to create enough content to have the kind of impact you're describing? Or are there some businesses that even you look at and say, well, I agree. There's really not much to say there. You sell hay. And um, yeah. <laughs> how many bales do you want or whatever? Um, so I'm just curious how you find that challenge. Is there enough story in most businesses to approach it the way you're describing? Yes, I think that that's the big benefit of bringing us in who is an outside perspective and we work agency style, right? So we don't work with one industry. We're not just representing one company. So we've had the benefit of working with ag companies or that your comment about, do I have enough stories makes me think of one client who is an arborist and we were sending content calendars. We were sending things to them for the products they had purchased. And he asked me, he's like, how do you know so much about this industry? Why do you think, that these things are interesting. So from an outside perspective, if I was a client, what do I want to know about the guy who's coming out to cut down the tree in my yard? I want to know, well, what happens after that? So he said, well, we chop it up into wood chips and it goes to this local farm who has chickens and it goes to this playground over here. And I said, that's super interesting. He didn't think so, but we had some filming, we had some photos, we wrote out the caption, posted it, and it was one of his highest converting, most popular posts. And every storm that we had after that, he was booked solid for days. He's also a very strong pillar in our community. So everything that he does by giving back to the local farmer or anything that he does with cause marketing, as we like to call it, is something that I think would translate very well to that wall painter, the manufacturer, whoever thinks they don't have stories. So they can show us maybe that person who has been there for 20 years, why have they wanted to stick around with that company for 20 years? What is that relationship like? And follow them around for a day. A lot of the cause marketing with that is who in town 
or what organization or nonprofit are they passionate about helping? So maybe they also go and offer painting services to homeless shelters. Maybe during Christmas, mm. they have some kind of drive, or I see a lot of people do blanket donations or coat donations in the winter. If you are a women's health brand or a children's brand, you see a lot of those aligned values to give back to the community. So it's not just about showing up so my logo can my logo can show up on a banner. It's about we know our employees and our families and our community are impacted by this, which is why we hire them. But this is also how we're giving back. So when you support our company, you're also supporting your community. And that can be a great collaboration as well to co-post with them, cross-post with them, and find those stories and dive into what you think might not be interesting. A lot of us haven't been inside of those factories or the man those manufacturing plants. For someone who doesn't have a product and can't show how it's made or boxing and unboxing things, show us the, I, that's that's me, right? I'm a service-based brand. So yes, I can show you the results we've got from accounts. I can show you brands and logos that we've created, but the thought process. So a lot of that comes from the educational piece. And I don't share information to overwhelm you, but I'm sharing to help you. And I tell people all the time, screenshot your insights at the beginning of this month, do what I say for 30 days, which is something my little sister loves to hear that I get to still boss people around, right? <laughs> and then come back and look at your insights and they see that what we've done, that introductory phase works. And that makes them comfortable to hand over their logins for their social media or to invest in those products and services. So I would really encourage people to try it out for a month, go and film a couple of your people, see what performs well, what, per what doesn't perform well. The things that you think are boring, like showing us a machine, they made a whole show about how it's made showing us how to work, make pencils and crayons and right, things. Right. People are, people are interested in that. They, they are. I, first of all, one of the things I love about what I do, because again, I, I do tend to work more in some of the industrial categories, just walking the machine, the, the manufacturing floor, seeing how, you know, seeing how the sausage is made is actually very fascinating. It's interesting, but mm -hmm. I, I love the fact that you connect it to sometimes like painting may not may in and of itself not be as exciting, but what you're painting, the fact that you're painting a bridge, for example, or something that's interesting and, you know, and that's intricate mm -hmm. and it involves you that way, I think is very powerful. And it gives people a better understanding of kind of the total picture who you are. You're not just a name in, you know, on the on a Google search that says, OK, we should call this contractor, too. It's a fuller picture. Well, Marin, we could we could go on and on because this is a great topic. Really appreciate your insights here. And I'm sure our listeners do as well. So if somebody listening were thinking, gee, uh, Marin seems like really dialed in on this. This is exactly what I need help with. How would they get a hold of you? The best way is our website, letscollab.work. That is where one of those freebie downloads about content is. So if something that I've said has inspired or triggered somebody to really dive into their marketing strategy instead of feeling defeated by it, I would encourage them to go to letscollab.work, download that freebie, do what I say for a little bit, and then try it out and come back to me with any questions. Uh, we're always open in our socials at Local Collaborative to DM us with questions too. Fantastic. Marin Davis, thank you for joining us here today on Business Growth on Purpose. Thank you, Jose. It was a great way to start my day. Thanks for listening to another episode of Business Growth on Purpose. If you like the show, hit subscribe and leave us a review to help other people find the podcast. And if you're ready to take the next step in driving intentional growth for your business, 
come check out what we're doing at valueprop.com. We've developed industry-leading programs and systems to help B2B owners take control of their growth. Until then, thanks for listening to another episode of Business Growth On Purpose.